Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, sports fans. Today on Yesterday Sports, we're turning the clock back 50 years. In Game 5 of the 1970 NBA Finals, Willis Reed went down with a horrible leg injury, forcing him to miss Game 6. With the series on the line, here's how Reed and his teammates responded. The date was May 8, 1970. It's Game 7 of the NBA Finals between the Los Angeles Lakers and the New York Knicks. I was 8 years old and my brother was 11, both of us being Knicks and Willis Reed fans. This would soon become a game we could never forget. Up until the 1969-1970 season, the Knicks had never won an NBA championship. Their best season up to that point had been the 1952-53 season when they compiled a 47-23 and regular season record, followed by a 5-1 and record in the playoffs. They played the Lakers, then of Minneapolis, for the NBA championship, but lost four games to one. In 1968-69, they compiled a 54-28 regular season record. New York followed that with a four-game sweep over the Baltimore Bullets in the first round of the playoffs. But they lost to the Boston Celtics in the second round, four games to two. In only his second full year as their coach, Red Holtzman led them to their best regular season yet with a 60-22 and record and was named Coach of the Year. They had a solid starting lineup that included four future Hall of Famers. They had Dick Barnett and Walt Clyde Frazier at the guard positions. Bill Bradley and Dave DeBusher were the two forwards. And last but not least was league MVP Willis Reed at center. While Frazier may have been the most athletically gifted of the bunch, the leader of the team was unquestionably Willis Reed. They faced a very talented Baltimore Bullets team in the first round of the playoffs. The Bullets had star Wes Unsell at center. Unsell was not as tall as most NBA centers, standing about 6'7", but he weighed in at about 250 pounds, which was much heavier than most NBA centers of the day. In 1968-69, he became only the second player in NBA history to win both the Rookie of the Year Award and the MVP Award. The Bullets lineup also featured future Hall of Famer Earl the Pearl Monroe at guard. 
They were a formidable opponent, and it was a tough series. But the Knicks prevailed in seven games, winning four games to three. Next up was the Milwaukee Bucks, led by their very tall and talented center, Lou Alcindor, who later changed his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Jabbar went on to become one of the greatest players in NBA history, but this was his first season as an NBA player, and he was not able to overcome the strength and experience of Willis Reed. The Knicks won the series with ease, four games to one. Now it was time to face the Los Angeles Lakers for the NBA title. The Lakers were one of the most successful teams in basketball. They had won the title five times in six years from 1949 to 1954. Their success continued during the 1960s, appearing in the NBA championship seven times in 11 years from 1959 to 1969. But as impressive as that statistic is, they also lost all seven times. To make matters worse, all seven of those losses were to the same team, the Boston Celtics. But this year they were playing the Knicks, not the Celtics. Even though they had struggled during the regular season, posting a very average 46 and 36 record, they had just won seven playoff games in a row. They had three of the all-time greatest players on their team, with Elgin Baylor at forward, Jerry West at guard, and the 7-foot-1, 275-pound Wilt Chamberlain at center. They felt confident that their winning streak would continue against the less experienced Knicks. In the first game, Willis Reed scored 37 points and lifted the Knicks to a hard-fought victory. But the Lakers answered quickly, taking the second game by a score of 105 to 103. The Knicks appeared to have the win in Game 3 when Dave DeBusher sunk a shot with just three seconds left to give the Knicks a 102-100 lead. However, winning in the finals is never easy, and the game was sent into overtime when Jerry West sunk a shot at the buzzer from 60 feet out. The Knicks, however, prevailed in overtime, winning 111-108. The Lakers evened the series in Game 4 with a 121-115 victory in another overtime game. The Knicks won Game 5, 107-100, but it was a costly victory as team captain Willis Reed had to leave the game with a severely torn muscle in his right thigh. Needing just one more win to clinch their first ever NBA championship, it looked like they were going to have to do it without their starting center. Playing without Reed in Game 6, the Knicks hardly had a chance. Will Chamberlain scored 45 points and grabbed 27 rebounds, as the Lakers coasted to a 135-113 victory. It was hard to believe Game 7 would be any different. With Reed out, there was no one to stop Will Chamberlain from dominating the game, just as he had done in Game 6. Team doctors worked around the clock trying to get Reed ready for the game, but his thigh was not responding to treatments. 
Reed insisted he would play, even if he had to crawl out onto the court. While no one could question Reed's courage and commitment to the team, it was becoming more evident that the Knicks were going to have to find a way to win without their captain. Game 7 was at Madison Square Garden. As both teams took their warm-up shots, the burning question in everyone's mind was, will Willis Reed attempt to play? There was an awkward silence from the ordinarily rowdy New York fans, as both teams kept looking towards the entrance from the Knicks locker room. Will he show up? The suspense was terrible. Suddenly there was a roar from the crowd as Willis Reed limped out onto the court. The entire Lakers team, including Will Chamberlain, turned to see what was happening. Reed signaled to his teammates for the ball. He took his first warm-up shot from outside the foul line. Swish! The crowd erupted. He took another shot. Swish! The fans went wild. All the other players were just watching now. You could sense the Lakers were no longer as confident as they had been moments ago. Willis was going to play, and nothing was going to stop them. It didn't take long for Reed to show he meant business. He scored the first four points of the game, and the ovation he received from the crowd was deafening. Despite the hot start, Willis didn't score again for the rest of the game, but he didn't need to. Willis had not only fired up the fans, but his teammates as well. With Reed playing solid defense against Chamberlain, holding him to 21 points, his teammates did the rest. Walt Frazier had 36 points and 19 assists. The Knicks built up a 24-point lead and then coasted to a 113-99 victory. Reed was named MVP of the series. It was one of the gutsiest performances by an athlete I have ever witnessed. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Hello, football friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Pigskin Dispatch Podcast, and I'd like to invite you to the portal of positive football history, Pigskin Dispatch and pigskindispatch.com. We talk about everything that centers around the game of American football, expert discussions, the origins of the games, the great players, teams, and coaches, and more, and some great guests and insights from experts. We have new episodes three to four times a week, and you can find us on sportshistorynetwork.com, pigskindispatch.com, or your favorite podcast provider. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.